Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Where It Went, the podcast where we discuss the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. Uh, Last week, we had Warzone, um, Lower East Side Crew, 7-inch, and uh, Greg and I have been blown away by the amount of positive feedback, um, the reception, people texting me, messaging me, saying like that it's cool, they subscribed, they, you know, listened. And I'm just, I'm just ha- super stoked that anybody would give us the time of day, let alone a whole hour of their day to listen to what these two fucking nerds have to say about Revelation Records. Agreed. Uh, I'm, I'm floored by the response and a lot of people, you know, sending us pictures. Um, I want to specifically shout out again, my friend, Jason Mazzola. Um, He's been helping with designing, uh, you know, different logos for the episodes and it's just super fun. I can't wait to see what else he comes up with. And also um, my friend, uh, Tim McMahon from, you know, mouthpiece and hands tied and recently search who have a record on revelation that we'll discuss in probably what, like four years. Yeah. Something when like we get that. to that, it's like, I think it's number, like I wrote it down. It's like number 167 or something. So <laughs> we, got, we have a while. Um, and, you know, Tim's been helpful with, you know, when I have questions and he's sent some cool images for us to post on the Instagram. So um, shout out to Tim. Yeah, you know, I loved uh, reading Double Cross on when it was a blog. Um, the archaeologist in me, the hardcore kid in me, just really loved to take in, um, you know, everything that he, all the work that he put into it. I think it was really cool and really necessary at the time. And um, just to know that those dudes are still active in hardcore, you know, search. Um, that record came out. And uh, I saw Mouthpiece, what, like a year or two ago? Uh, shout out. Thing, right? shout, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Matt from Mouthpiece also. Um, and uh, yeah, so this week we are talking about the Rev 002, the first compilation on Rev, uh, the New York City Hardcore 1987 Together compilation. Yeah, um, this is, and I've, I talked about this actually on my other podcast, Something to Do. We were talking about like the 80s compilations um, because, you know, Husker Du owned their own label, Reflex Records, and they put out compilations. And we were kind of talking about how nowadays there's not really as many, or at least not many with like exclusive tracks. And someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but this has... It's got, um, you know, every song is exclusive, you know, at the time was exclusive to this release. And I mean, we'll get more into talking about the nitty gritty of it, but every song is good. There's not a single dud. For someone like me who grew up making cassette, you know, comps or um, just searching for everything and recording it from vinyl onto cassettes, uh, I remember doing that with Mouthpiece, you know, Endpoint. Um, and then with Gorilla Biscuits here, you have a song that's not on Start Today and it's not on the 7-inch. So if you're making yourself a tape and you want to be a completist, you got to put that shit on. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that 
you know, to some of these songs. And I, I think even like the Youth of Today song, it's not on anything else, right? No. In fact, um, this comp is one that I came to later because I didn't know until I was much older that these were different versions than what was on um, The Way It Is, which we'll discuss on episode seven. Um, you know, the side-by-side song's different. And, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of, you know, too many other differences, but the recordings are different. I believe almost all of them. Someone again can correct if I'm wrong. Um, and the reason being is, you know, when I got into hardcore, we weren't Googling and YouTubing and all that. We had <clears throat> in Philadelphia and everybody I'm sure listening that came from the nineties probably remembers very distribution. Mm-hmm. That was like our Google. Um, and, you know, Shout out also to John Dudek from Very. He passed away a couple of years ago. I mean, that catalog was super important to me because we would get it and you would like read all the descriptions. They would write their own descriptions of the records. And I believe the way it is just said something like, oh, this is just an expanded version of Together. And that just sat in my brain. I was like, oh, okay, so I only need to get the way it is. Yeah, and- you know, I, I was actually like, when I was prepping for this episode, I was like, just try not to talk about the way it is. Just try to focus on together, focus on this collection of these songs. And then we'll, you know, we could touch on some of them again later because like me growing up again, the same as we talked about with Warzone, this was already a highly collectible, highly sought after expensive record that maybe you could only find on the wall for like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever back then back in fucking 1993 or 95 and i'm not dropping 100 bucks on a record in 95 you know when i know that i could buy some three dollar seven inches and a you know 15 shirt or whatever so then when you have to get um the way it is and you have some of these songs like the gorilla biscuit song and you know the side by side song or whatever like that's a more economical way to track it down especially because you could get it on compact disc yes and that was how i got the way it is Mm -hmm. and it also um one thing i guess i want to mention is this is another release together uh that is not it's not in print like javier said it's not easy to find a, a copy and it's not on any like streaming you can't you know, if you get the MP3s, it's a, it's a vinyl rip. And honestly, that's cool. Like I, I, it adds to the, I think the mystique of it, although the, you know, person as a listener, I would love if these songs were on, you know, Spotify or if they repressed it and could get a copy for not hundreds of dollars, but it's cool that at least you can go and and listen to a a rip of it on YouTube. I, I, I don't know. The answer to this question, but I, um, Lost and Found in Europe was notorious for bootlegging stuff in the 90s. Did they make this on compact disc or was it too dicey because it was Revelation stuff? And then there's those records where it's like four seven inches on a 12 inch. You know, one of them had like four walls falling seven inch and maybe this did it come out in that way or is literally this the only way you could have get it bootleg or not 
That's a good question because mm. I was actually wondering that with the Warzone seven inch, because I know that Lost and Found did, um, you know, for for episode three. I know with Sick of It All, they actually had a CD. And I think it was literally called like the Revelation Tapes or something before Rev uh, did the reissue of of that seven inch, the Sick of It All. But that's a good question. If anybody knows if there's like a bootleg version out there i'm just curious because it never it never crossed my path ever yeah um discogs.com says that there's four pressings of this so like maybe that's just it you know and some of these um copies go for five hundred dollars two hundred dollars uh it looks like first press on orange vinyl sold for thirteen hundred dollars so again, this is a highly collectible, sought-after record. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at um, the book uh, Vinyl Aficionado, mm-hmm. um, Volume Two. It's all Revelation from 1987 and 1991. I finally got myself a copy of this, and uh, I got to tell you, shout out to this is incredible. Like if you are a fan of this podcast and what we're talking about this book just takes a real deep dive and there's pictures of the inserts and the pressings and a lot of like review clippings and ads um it is awesome so shout out to uh record aficionado but that says there's there was four pressings and there's apparently a super rare um black and black and orange um Mm. that was done uh, you know, I can't. Some somewhere I saw there's it's a very minimal amount of black and orange version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that um that book, the Record Aficionado Volume Two, it actually is available through Revelation Records. Shout out RevHQ.com. So I was thinking, you know, of marching my happy ass down there this week and picking up a copy, so I don't have to fucking pay for shipping and. Maybe see if I can dive into the archives a little bit and take some photos for Instagram of uh, upcoming releases. You know, get some get some content flowing. So, uh, if anyone at Rev is listening to this, uh, Igby or Lens or Veronica, uh, you're going to see my face very soon. So let's jump into New York City Hardcore 1987, the Together Comp. This is uh, it says produced by Ray Capo, Ray of Today Capo. Yeah, it's the only time I've seen his name stylized like that. <laughs> Ray of today. Usually it's either Ray Capo yeah. or Ray of today or, yeah. you know. Front and back cover photos by, uh, I would pronounce that Brie. It could be Bry. Layout art and inserts by Beth Lahicki. She is the one that is responsible for the All Ages Reflections on Straight Edge book, which I thought was a great book, uh, even, you know, coming out at the time like not pre-internet, but like proto-internet, you know, came out in 95. So the internet was like going, but it wasn't what it is today. You know, you had AOL, you had AOL chats, but that was, you know, maybe a lot of people's first introduction to um, some of the bigger names uh, surrounding Revelation Records bands and hearing some of their words and them talking about, straight edge hardcore yeah and there was a lot of honesty in it too which yeah a lot of sellouts in there. i think it actually it actually came out maybe 97 or so and i only mm. remember because i was like in high school 
and oh yeah 97 yeah a lot of it bummed me out as a 16 17 year old <laughs> kid because i don't want to get too off topic but like i didn't when i was that age i literally didn't know that people stopped being straight edge like i just <laughs> didn't think that was a thing and i'm just thinking ah oh, to be so naive again. yeah <laughs> just with anything like imagine thinking that anybody would do something and just never stop but yeah you know the the most um like the thing that stands out the most from that entire book for me is the picture of Greg from fucking Brotherhood, like showing the X tattoo on his arm. And I'm like, I, I could probably like sketch that photo from scratch for some or from, yeah, from memory for I some reason. It like it's so it's so crazy that that's to me, that's what jumps out of the whole fucking book is that one photo. Yeah, that's a good book. And, and shout out to Rev. I believe that book is also still available. Um, when I reacquired it a couple years ago, I thought I did hit some kind of pay dirt with it. And then I realized, oh, it's still available. Yeah, it looks like you can get it from Amazon pretty easily. I'm not sure about Rev uh, directly, but I don't see why not. Rev needs to do some more book. They need to redo the antimatter book. We'll talk about that more and probably yeah. about a year when we talk about Texas as a reason. Yeah. But, um, um, Revelation Records would like to thank... Uh, it names a couple of people. And then at the end, I think this is very interesting. It says Jason and Die Hard. So that's, I'm assuming, the Cleveland band, Die Hard. Um, and it's, it's to, to me, it's strange that they would get a shout out rather than uh, any of the other bands around. So uh, maybe so we'll find out the story behind is that. It, is it Jason as a separate entity and then Die Hard the band, or is there someone named Jason that's in Die Hard? So it's almost I, like saying Ray and Youth of Today or something. I am. You're going to have to look. Right See, now. I yeah. saw that, and of course, the first thing I thought of was the movie, but I don't think the movie, like, I was like, maybe they're really into the movie uh, Die Hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're into G.I. Joe. and I, You know, I, I've, I should have prepared more because when I type in Die Hard, I get like, yippee motherfucker. You know, like Die Hard. I put Die Hard Cleveland, and it's Yippie Kaye. So anyway, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll come back to yeah, that. We'll have to. We'll, we might have to do a deep dive on some Die Hard. Any uh, one from geez. Cleveland that knows. Uh, uh, lurking out for number one is available. Yeah, I I just know that it's pre-integrity. The Melnicks were in it. Uh, Dwid was in it, but he didn't record with it. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. We'll find out. You or maybe you know what? You find out for yourself. You listening and you're like these two dummies, they don't fucking know anything, but yeah, you know what? I don't really I I'm not really that into the diehard record. I'm going to be Yeah, you know what? I'm already song. I'm already over this part of the conversation. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, first up, Warzone as one. I got to tell you, I love this version of As One. Same. Um I listened to both versions. I listened to this version, and then I listened to the Don't Forget the Streets uh, version back-to-back. -back. The interesting thing to me is that the bass playing is really good on both versions, but it's different. There's, like, different fills and different stuff, and this, the recording, the bass player on this recording was Walter Righteous, which is Walter from Quicksand. Um, 
if, that's right. This was, if, must have been the period when he was playing with them. Yeah, and if you watch the video on Hate Five Six, shout out to Sonny from Hate Five Six, um, of the Warzone tribute from uh, New York City, I think Tompkins Square Park, right? Um, Walter gets up on stage and says that Rabies named him Walter Righteous, and he wished that he could have kept that nickname, you know, because everyone has cool nicknames. And um, and then he plays his uh, acoustic version of Open Letter to the Scene, which is inspired by Rabies and has some Warzone lyrics in there. It's a great song. It's a great song, too, that Open Letter to the Scene. Mm-hmm. Also, um, with the Gorilla Biscuits connection, uh, Lukey Luke from Gorilla Biscuits plays drums on, on this. Um, yeah, play. so if you <laughs> I, I watch a fuckload of YouTube. I, I got to admit, I watch so much YouTube. On the Revelation Records YouTube, there is a Warzone video where it shows them driving around, picking up members of the band, and then they go to, I think, the Ritz, and they play a show. And they go to Luke's house and pick him up, and he's, like, wearing this fresh schism shirt, and he's just, like, kind of looks out of the place with the rest of them. Like, they're talking about smoking angel dust and just, like, you know, kind of, like, out there. And then Luke's just, like... Yeah, right. Here we go. Like, um, so yeah, it's interesting. And then also on this song is the return of Batmite. Good old Batmite. Good old Batmite. I, I, I would love to find out who Batmite was. Um, and if but, they're, if they're listening, maybe they're yes. listening. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is it's kind of cool. So rabies was always a couple years older than, you know, everybody else. In, in this era of New York hardcore, not, you know, the, the first wave. I'm talking like the, you know, Youth of Today and Gorilla Biscuits. So it's kind of cool. Like he had, you know, Walter and Luke were probably, you know, five, six years younger than him. And at that age, it's a big difference. Like now, you know, being old, it doesn't really matter five or six years, but kind of cool. Like they, I mean, Walter he couldn't have been what more 17 18 when he did this same with luke yeah so i think that's pretty cool but yeah this is a absolute classic war zone song um never gets old and this song and the gorilla biscuit song were both recorded at um don fury and so uh, the the gorilla biscuit song says that it was recorded in april uh, the Warzone song doesn't say when it was recorded, but I'm wondering if Luke just had his drums set up and and banged out both songs and they just like switched. You know, it, it could have been they just paid for a session and they're just like, all right, everybody just switch instruments and, and we'll we'll get into it. It seems pretty likely, right? Yeah. And uh, we got the Warzone women. And the Warzone Skinhead Choir on backups, which I, God, I love the like, I don't want to say mystique. I don't know if that's the right word, but just the the fact that there was a group called the Warzone Women and the Warzone Skinhead Choir. Like to think there's somebody out there right right now, they probably don't even think about it. They don't think that it's cool, but I I think that it's fucking cool that, you know, to have, have been a part of something like that. Oh yeah, it's super cool. And also, we mentioned last week about that Regis uh, Philbin, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee 
with Todd Youth and uh, Rabies. And uh, we just got word, actually, as we're recording this today, Regis Philbin passed away. What? Yeah. Wow. I say we. I say we just got word, like they reached out yeah. to where <laughs> it went <laughs> podcast. Like Newsflash, everybody! But wow, and, that's um, crazy. Like I watched. I watched Regis. He was like, I don't want to get too deep into this, but he was like a, a funny fucker at the time. Like me growing up, like he just seemed like such a fucker. But I watched Regis and Kathy Lee. Um, and who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, so he, that he, died. he passed and. On YouTube, there is a very high quality, you know, given its age, um, clip of that interview with, you know, Rabies, Todd Youth. And, you know, Rabies, just even hearing him speak, it's, he just, he literally, well, not literally, he, but he oozes sincerity. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, when you listen to Warzone, you can hear it when you hear him, when you heard him speak. Um, you know, he was just a guy that really, really, truly believed everything that he was saying. And I, I thought it was really cool to watch that clip. And actually, Regis was kind of funny. Uh, you know, he was still a, a funny fucker, as you would put it, on that. Um, interesting, This in the insert, if you uh, get a chance to see it, um, in the war zone shot, there is a Confederate flag visible in one of the shots. So... Uh, we're just going to keep scrolling past that. <laughs> and let's talk about Gorilla Biscuits for a second. Um, again, this is an exclusive track, Better Than You. Um, I like, I, I actually really like this song. I always have ever since, you know, I first heard it on The Way It Is comp. Um, and I think I read maybe in Schism, you can correct me if I'm wrong, in the Schism book, they talk about like they're being interviewed and he says, no. We're not saying that we're better than you. We're saying that other people think that they're better than us. So it was kind of one of those things where I hate to bring Morrissey into it, but Morrissey will write stuff kind of in like a different character and, and saying, this isn't me feeling these things. This is somebody else talking about these things. And it sucks that they think this way. Yeah. I think Sting does that too. Mm. But there's a that brings up a point um, in a review in Bullshit Monthly, issue number 16 from October of 1987. They talk about the reviewer talks about this comp and they're they're I'm not going to read the whole review. They're they're pretty iffy on it. I guess they were already feeling like straight edge hardcores. Oh, it's oversaturated and blah, 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 blah. Um, so they write the review, they review each song and then they say. I guess that leaves Gorilla Biscuits. Where to start? At times the singer is okay, but most of the time I don't really like the vocals. I don't know if it's the vocals or what he's singing. Better Than You is a terrible, disgusting, arrogant, holier-than-thou shit song. I hope all dem straight-edge bands don't think like this. GB comes across as one of the most unpositive, anti-unity, positive unity bands around they take the cake if i never see them again it'll be too soon fucking kids with x's on their hands and chips on their shoulders anyway this comp is in its second pressing with a yellow lyric sheet remember that for the future buy it but that's just so funny it's like 
do you know Gorilla Biscuits at all? Like, yeah, so that's interesting, you know, that the, the lyrics could so easily be taken out of context or maybe not even read. Maybe the person just like heard it and they're like, you know, they think that Siv is literally saying like, we're in this crew and we're better than you. And I could see how <laughs> maybe it, it, this was prophetic of the future of, you know, Siv's words being... Uh, taken out of context or misunderstood, but we, we will talk about Civgate right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm an idiot, and even I knew hearing it, like, I got the point, so sure. I don't know how. Like, I'm not good with interpreting. Like, I need to be, like, hit over the head with a hammer most mm -hmm. times to, like, you know, I'm not, like, a huge lyric guy, which is funny because when I did bands, I wrote lyrics and stuff. But to me, like, I don't know how you could miss that in this song like it's very obvious you know what i really like uh in the insert also is there's just a photo of a bunch of them like hanging out and i see this a lot in in the books you know in um in the schism book and in fanzines and stuff and i love looking at the <clears throat> 80s fashion the you know the shorts the lots of people wearing white shirts. There's someone wearing a fucking unity shirt in this, which I fucking love the unity seven inch. And it's just, it, it, I love that. It's like a snapshot and that photo doesn't have to be in this insert, but somebody was just like, we're going to put this photo in. We're going to put Siv's fucking phone number in. We're going to put our address in like, this is us. If you want to get a hold of us, this is what we look like. This is how, you know, there, there's just no mistaken, like, Gorilla Biscuits in the house. Yeah, it really makes this record like a, like an, a yearbook almost. You know what yeah. I mean? A real, a real stamp of the time when you have these, these pictures. And I love compilations where bands get their own section uh, of the insert for this kind of stuff for the lyrics and for where it was recorded and thanks lists and stuff like that's a lost art i feel like well i gotta tell you i ride hard for bolt and I, I know a lot of people don't a lot of people are for whatever reason they don't like bold i love bold i love speak out and i love this version of the bold song it's so it's, good. It's, it's such like a good version. Raw. You fucking let me down. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's cool. I love this version of, of the song. And how long, how long is this? See, it doesn't show when this song was recorded, like on, on their section of the um, liner notes, but like what a step up from crippled youth as far as like Matt's vocals, you know, like he, it sounds like like crippled youth even from crippled youth to this is a big jump in like his and i love the crippled youth seven inch but i, I mean, don't just, i don't really care too too much for it it's just whatever I mean, to me but it, it's a cool it's a cool thing sure we'll talk about that they reissued that so in you about know, that, five years we'll talk about that that reissue is really nice looking it's slick the color of that green color vinyl is really nice. The book is nice. Like yeah, it's, that is a good, that's a good release right there. They should do that for together too. But, um, <laughs> together yeah, like book. Matt, Matt just sounds awesome. It's, yeah. it's just a good raw recording. And I think it, 
they sound like a real band. Not that Crippled Youth wasn't real, but to me, this they hold their own. Like you would never know if no one told you, like, oh, these these kids are like 15, 16. Uh, I don't think. Like it just yeah. sounds like a good hardcore song. And totally yeah, I, I I also ride very hard for Bold. Um, I can't wait to discuss uh, their other stuff. Um, cool thanks. They have a short thanks list, mostly bands. Uh, yeah, they thank Youth of Today. Super Touch in all caps. Super Touch merited the all caps. Uh, Mark Ryan, so he gets a double dip. Uh, Porcel, Rich, I don't know who Rich is. Uh, Wishing Well Records, because as you know, like Speak Out was supposed to be on Wishing Well originally. It could be Rich instead. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, Uniform Choice, mm. Dwayne, I'm assuming Dwayne from some records. Straight Ahead, which... Why weren't straight ahead on any of these comps? Um, Warzone, Underdog, and Side by Side. And then, of course, special thanks to Ray Capo and Jordan Cooper for putting this out. So uh, the thanks list, yeah, the thanks list, like the song, is short and sweet. And, you know, a lot of people talk about in the 90s that they found other bands through the thanks lists. And unfortunately, the thanks lists on this comp is just a bunch of circle jerking of thanking each other. And you're not going to find too much else out there except for uh, YDL does get mentioned from Gorilla Biscuits. And uh, Straight Ahead also gets thanked by Gorilla Biscuits um, and, bold. And, and Token Entry. So there's like a little bit of stuff out there. And if you would have got this record, say maybe you're from California, you're like, oh, Token Entry? What's that? Oh, YDL? I think I want to listen to YDL. Sounds like just some good, you know, American youth. <laughs> Uniform choice. Although you figure by the time, by the time this record came out, uniform choice was in their long hair phase. <laughs> so they might, someone might have been like, "Why did they thank uniform choice?" Um, but yeah, you're right. An underdog, yeah, like underdog wasn't on either of the comps. I guess are they were they considered New York or they're Jersey Shore? Maybe oh, that's man, why. I have no idea. But straight ahead, I, I actually, if anybody knows why straight ahead weren't on this or the way it is or rev at all yeah give us a holler interesting yeah to me straight ahead was like kind of an obscure band for me growing up and i never really got into it because again it was one of those things where being out here in california that shit was hard to find and i i don't even remember hearing it too much growing up and and maybe it was just overshadowed by sick of it all i don't know but yeah i had a i had a um bootleg cd of the Mm -hmm of the 12 inch, but I mean, that's an essential New York hardcore record. And I'm just, I am I, like, I'm seeing this and it, it literally just occurred to me now. I'm like, why weren't they on here? But yeah. so hopefully someone knows. Yeah. We could talk about youth of today together. I couldn't find that this was on anything else. It's not on break down the walls. It's not on can't close my eyes. It is a very raw recording, much more low fi even then can't close my eyes because can't close my eyes was just pissed. It kind of has a little bit of like a negative approach feel to it, but this is just like, I hate to say it, but the recording is just not that good on this youth of today record or this song. It sounds Um, like it was tracked live. Like the mm -hmm. vocals actually like it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're at a show and the singer moves his microphone and you can't hear like, you get that from this, but I mean, to me, that doesn't detract from how good this song is, but not to jump ahead. I prefer the 
way it is version over this version. Mm. Um, I just think it's a more solid. Um, I guess I didn't realize that there was two different versions of this on the two. Well, like I said, I, I didn't until, you know, I was a fully formed adult. Mm. Um, but the lineup too, Youth of Today went through a lot of lineups. This lineup is fire. Yeah. We got fucking uh, John Porcelli on guitar. It's interesting that it's listed as John and not Porcel. Um, Walter on bass, which I, if you've seen Youth of Today in the past five years or whatever, you know that seeing Walter on bass live, even in like 2019, I think was probably the, the last time I saw. <laughs> oh my God, the energy of Walter on bass for Youth of Today. I, it's fucking incredible. And then Richie, Richie Birkenhead on guitar. And I love the picture on the back of Break Down the Walls of Richie with the guitar, with his fist up in the air, just like, yeah. Uh, and then fucking Mike DBD, Mike Death Before Dishonor, AKA Mike Judge on drums. Not yeah. one, this is, the, this is the first of two appearances on this seven inch of Mike Death Before Dishonor yes. on drums. And of course, Ray, you know, Ray Capo on vocals. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, so this was recorded after Break Down the Walls, I, I'm assuming. And Break Down the Walls had a different lineup than this. So the only people that, came, that moved over from that were uh, Ray, Porcel, and Richie. Because Break Down the Walls had Drew um, and uh, Craig Ahead on, on bass. And then it changes again on the way it is, which we'll talk about when we get to the way it is. But yeah, this is a, this is a great Youth of Today song. Um, and I hate that it's not available on, uh, you know, streaming or, or MP3 or anything anymore. Even the, the way it is isn't because when I make, you know, a compilation of the Youth of Today discography and it's not on there, you know, it, it's a bummer. Uh, you know what strikes me in this the photograph of youth of today first of all is the cutoff camo shorts which we all know Porcel invented and then Ray's got a minor threat out of step shirt which I'm I'm gonna fucking assume he got from you know discord or something and then you just see this fucking huge Nike like right in the center of the thing it looks like is it, I can't tell if it's a Jordan or an Air Force One, but it's a really, really big uh, Nike coming through. And I don't even know if that's from Porcel because no, whatever, it looks like it looks like that's Richie. Yeah, that guitar that he's playing is uh, it doesn't look. Where's like that Porcel? That, it might be Port. No, that yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, be that's Richie because oh, that you see the Gibson on the on the far right, uh, kind of out of the frame. Yeah, you see a Gibson Porcel. neck sticking out. So yeah, shout out to Richie for the fucking. Nikes and shorts. That's a look. Yeah. Richie had some, well, still has some awesome style. Yeah. Um, but the sad thing is, is I'm looking in this book at the insert. And when you're mentioning things, I tried to like enlarge it with my fingers. That's how, <laughs> that's like, yeah, like, out. like that's where we're at in, in 2020 yeah, now. Like, where I'm like, oh, let me zoom in on that out of step shirt. And I'm like, I can't. Uh, sick of it all. Yes, so this is the um, second track on on the second side. Yeah, and I love this song. This is still so. I, I I grew up even for living in California. I feel like I saw "Sick of It All" so much, 
And they were a band where, you know, you could get the CD. Uh, I think maybe I had, you know, Blood, Sweat and No Tears. And I had the We Stand Alone cassette. And you could just listen to it a couple times and you would know the fucking words and you'd be able to sing along and have fun. Sick of it all was when I was 17, 18, 19, was one of the most fun bands to watch. And this song just falls right into that. Agreed. I mean, I think they're still one of the most fun bands to watch. Um, I absolutely love Sick of It All. And the funny thing is, is when I got into hardcore, I liked them. And I don't think I didn't really, um, you know, my love for them didn't blossom until maybe like the past 15 years or something. Um, You know, I saw them a few times and uh, they're great. And yeah, this is like an ultimate hardcore song. I mean, the lyrics, you know. Yeah. You know what, Lou? That PhD shit's not for me either, bud. I agree. This is like, I mean, I'm just thinking about being like, you know, a 16 year old punk kid. You don't fit in at school. You don't fit in. Your parents think you're a fucking freak. You know, uh, yo, I have, I, I currently have an 18 year old daughter who is into punk. And I feel like if she read these lyrics, All my life, people tell me what to say. This is my life. Live it my own way. Like, fuck you, mom and dad. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's, it's punk, but it's not like, like 77 anarchy punk, which I know. Yeah, it's it's not. They were trying to, they were trying to get away from that fucking sex pistol shit. They, I know that, I know that youth of today, you know, they, they loved sex pistols and they covered sex pistols, but still at the same time they were trying to get away from that stuff and make it their own thing. But you still have that raw punk, hardcore, no rules. And I say this all the time, like punk means no rules. Fuck you. And this is, this song encapsulates that. So I love perfect. It's a perfect perfect hardcore hardcore song. song. And And I love go, you go. I was going to say the lineup for, you know, sick of it all is such a interesting band because they had a few lineup changes in the beginning and then now they've had the same lineup for the past 27 years. So for this record was the, um, the, the first, I don't want to say the first, I read the book. They have a book, the Kohler brothers, which is also available, you know, from revelation. We'll talk about that more next week with the sick of it all seven inch, but they had like a really early lineup, but this was the first, I guess, real lineup was Lou Kohler on vocals, his, uh, his brother, Pete, on guitar and then Richie on bass and Armand on uh, drums. And they, you know, that was the lineup that did the, these comp tracks, the seven inch, the first two LPs. And then after that, the uh, aforementioned Craig ahead joined on bass instead. And they've had that lineup ever since. I love that. uh, I guess it's Richie in this photo here is wearing like tiger print camo shorts and a sick of it all shirt like that's fucking epic and you can see Lou's rat tail just yes. fucking flapping on the stage i yes. love it and yeah. you know my first i don't want to say my first but my one of my main uh exposures to a lot of this stuff was that video cassette of agnostic front sick of it all gorilla biscuits and watching that footage um 
was very, very influential to me. The fucking stage. Yeah, yeah. The in effect video. The yeah. stage mosh for its clobber in time when you know you just you hear the bass, you they start to go off and like G.I. Joe head stomp. Like those songs are like, again, I already said it, but this is just fucking fun hardcore. It is. And I don't want to talk too much about sick of it all because I can yeah, go on it's about it because I I love sick of it all but i i've said this i said this recently to a friend to me that's the ultimate band name sick of it all is the perfect name for a hardcore band it's like i can't necessarily even think of a of a better name off the top of my head i think it's it's perfect especially on these early releases they had cool graphics the logo looked cool you know the the pictures of them look cool just fucking cool man love yeah. them. side by side is next and it it kind of goes with a lot of the other bands in here uh war zone gorilla biscuits and side by side and even super touch all the logos are hand drawn so they're not searching on defont.com they're not on fucking uh <laughs> you know photoshop or adobe illustrator they're drawing this shit um I don't have anything to say about side by side because I I just I don't really enjoy side by side. It's not my shit. I don't really like the seven inch. Um, what I do appreciate again about these the photos and the insert is there's some camouflage. There's a stage dive, and I believe it looks to me like a YDL ringer tee being worn by. Uh, Jules. Is, yeah, by Jules there. And um, that's, uh, you know, a bold look. <laughs> I love side-by-side. Side. So now I'm really looking forward to talking about that seven-inch with you because that's, I think, where we're going to have a, quite a different opinion. Um, I think this song's great. It's super, it's super raw, um, you know, even for them compared to, like, the seven-inch. Um but it's it's awesome and just talk about a band that made a real impact with very minimal material i mean they had uh i believe they had a demo i know they have because the they have a 12 inch with everything on it um but they had a seven inch and the comp tracks and some live stuff this doesn't say who was in the band at this not point. at all there's no information about the band except for the lyrics and so was gavin there. was gavin Van Vlack from Burn and Absolution. Uh, to me, in the photo there, it looks like Gavin on guitar. It does. But I, I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly, I never paid much attention to Side by Side. I don't really know anything about it. So you're barking up the wrong tree asking me who's, who's <laughs> in what. Someone's got, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if Gavin's on all their stuff, but it, it looks to me at least like he was, he was in the band, um, at, at this era of side by side, which what were they around for? Like a, like, that's, what's also crazy. Like they were around for maybe like a calendar year or something was like, alone in the crowd about that long too. Cause they played one show and put out one seven inch. Yeah. They were even less than I guess. Mm. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Good for them. Just, you know, fucking take it, grab it and then move on something else. Um, which one more thing with side by side? I remember yeah. um, what was cool too, especially when I got into them, you know, later in the '90s, 
they were very mysterious. Um, you know, we knew what Sammy was doing. We knew Gavin. Uh, we knew, you know, the the late Alex Brown, you know, what he did. Um, we heard stuff about, I, I believe it's Billy. He drew, like, the gorilla for Gorilla Biscuits. Like, we even knew about him. But Jules was just this, like, mythical character almost. Like, him and Mike Judge. And now with Judge being back and, you know, Mike Judge being around, it's, you know, they're – I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but you know, the, the mystique part of that's gone. It's and that's lessened. Cool. It's lessened right. a little because bit. It's more accessible, which is cool. Cause I got to see judge and they sure. fucking ripped. So yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for it. But with Jules, I remember it was a real, like nobody kind of knew where he was. And you heard, Oh, he lives down in Florida. He was in the Navy or something like that. Well, double cross did this extensive interview with him which I'm hoping they re-put up on the speak up section of the revelation site. I mean, it was like took you from beginning to end. I haven't read it in years, but it was a really good read. Like someone should on it, like the double cross guys should probably like put that even in like a print, like they did for shining life, you know, do like a little zine. Cause it was an extensive, you know, taking him from him getting into hardcore to alone in a crowd ending. Um, but they did do that one show in Philly last year, but it's still mysterious. Cause like, that was it. He did that show in you know, the benefit Howie and that's it. He's, you know, haven't heard anything. So shout out um, to Jules. Yeah. Uh, super touch. So I, I looked for it. I, I'm, I'm looking at all of this insert on the internet and I used to have an insert for this seven inch, but I didn't have the seven inch. I don't know how I came up on having an insert maybe from uh, my dude, Dave Ito. Uh, I have no idea what happened to it. I looked real hard for it yesterday. But what the fuck is going on with this fucking drawing of the basketball player here? He's got that super touch. I don't know what that means. Is he <laughs> is searching for the light, like some kind of metaphor for slam dunking? Or, well, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Look, I, I don't really enjoy super touches music very much. Um, and yeah, I know weird, right? Because I'm not against melodic or slow hardcore. I like, I love into another, I love some weird shit. You know, I love fucking mid era four walls falling. I love day spree. Like, it's not that I'm against, but I think this to me, this song just doesn't really fit in, in air quotes. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the songs. It's a little bit slower. And so when I would have heard it, at 16 17 whatever i would have been like yeah no I this isn't for me this it's this it's uh it's an outlier for sure um musically but i think that's what makes it pop um for me getting into hardcore through washington dc stuff and discord this was like the perfect like bridge between uh dc and new york I mean, they even thank, you know, Bad Brains. Scream. Scream. Yeah, and they they thank a lot of uh, rappers, it looks like. Yeah, like know, they or had. Maybe that's an inside joke. I don't know. Well, they had that, they had that like groove a little bit to them, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially on the LP. Um, you know, Mark Ryan, I think great front man. Uh, he had like a style that was pretty unique. Like it was different than the other New York, 
like you talked about in all ages, that picture of, um, Greg, Greg Anderson. Yeah. Uh, from brotherhood. The picture that's melted in my mind is actually of super touch. There's a picture of Mark Ryan and he's wearing this like horizontally striped shirt, like looking total late eighties, early nineties. And the guitar player, I guess it was Biv or maybe it was the bass player, uh, is playing and Mark has his arm around him and he's giving the bass player the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great photo. It's, it's an amazing it's, photo. I wish a, I had the book here so I could credit. I, I feel it. like and maybe that's a Mandel photo. It looks like Mandel because the lighting of it, Mandel uh, was a pioneer to, in my eyes of uh, having the flash not on the shoe. So he would do like different angles of it. I could be wrong. You know, it could have been anyone taking that photo, but it looks like a Dave Mandel photo. I'm going to look me. as soon as we're done. But <laughs> yeah. Like super touch to me. They, I, I just love their style. Um, another one I can't wait to discuss is the LP. I, I, that LP is very, very uh, big for me. Um, and yeah, this lineup was Mark Ryan singing uh, John. I'm guessing that's Biv John. Uh, I think it's Biviano on guitar Carl on bass, which is not, I don't believe that's the uh, fellow that plays on the LP uh, who passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, and then Mike, this is the second appearance of Mike Judge. Mike DVD. On, on drums, mm -hmm. which this version is different from the way it is version. It It's a little shorter. Mm. It doesn't have um, that like end part to my, you know, if I'm thinking correctly here. Well, you know, and interestingly, it says here too, Super Touch was formerly known as Death Before Dishonor back in the day. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it kind of morphed from one band into the other. I thought that it was just, you know, two totally different bands, but. Um, yeah, there was apparently like a falling out too, like for a little bit with Mike Judge, um, from what I remember. Mm, spicy. They're obviously yeah, they're they're cool now, but I think like he when he left um to do Youth of Today and then he you know did Judge. But yeah, great track. Well, you this know, is, this listening to this version, it actually made me and I have given it I've given it tries over the years. I'd be like, well, everybody else likes this band. I, you know, what am I missing? So I'm actually looking forward to sitting down. I'll probably sit with headphones and listen to the earth is flat and really try to like critically digest it. And um, I, I do appreciate that it's different, but it's just on this, on this record, it's a little bit too different for me. Yeah. The, the earth is flat is like almost like proto post-hardcore mm -hmm. um and that's why i love it but i can see how it would have thrown people for a loop but that's definitely one i i'm very excited to like listen to with the mindset of discussing it yeah all right let's talk about hot tracks what's your hot track for this record i went i went first last time i want you to go first okay <laughs> you know i had a hard time um deciding between warzone and Gorilla Biscuits. I, I love the version of As One on this record, but I got to go Gorilla Biscuits just because I growing up and, and listening to the way it is and knowing that this song was like different, like I mentioned a couple times already, but I really like 
uh, better than you. I think that it's a good track and it gets my vote as hot track for this record. Okay. The, the cool thing about better than you, that the, the riff at like the, uh, I guess you'd call it the verse or the pre-chorus. I want to say Kid Dynamite jacked that riff on their LP. Like if it's somewhere on the first Kid Dynamite, I always think of that Gorilla Biscuit. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they did it intentionally just because, you know, I know they were big fans, but yeah. So that's funny. I, my hot tracks, I had a trouble. I had trouble deciding between "Sick of It All" and "Super Touch." I'm going to. I mean, really, I had trouble choosing any of them. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a dud on this record. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that there's a single track that I would, you know, skip in this day and age where. No, you know, I would put this seven inch on and just listen to it. So, I'm going to say the "Super Touch" track. Just because I think it just something about it, the fact that it sticks out, the fact that it has a bit more of that melody, it has a bit more of that DC uh, vibe to it. And for these times we're living in right now, I think it's lyrically just on point. Um, it's an uplifting song, you know, searching for the light. Right. You know uh, what? You, you might convert me. This podcast might convert me to be a <laughs> super a, touch fan. Into a super touch fan. I too... I'm searching for the light. Yeah, like I just think it great way to end the record. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, uh, you know, we're still in 1987 for two more records. Which well, is, wait, wait. What? So I, one, one of the things I want to ask: Would you consider this? Oh yeah, yeah. An an essential, uh, not even just for Revelation Records, but just an essential release. I think if you love hardcore. And you got the fucking money <laughs> or you just want to listen to some good hardcore uh essential no crucial yes and what i mean by that is this is it's good it's it's a solid listen but i don't think that you have to have this record so i'm talking strictly off of music because i don't own this record sure um I think, and I'm also trying to think of it independently from the way it is, like mm -hmm. ignoring the fact that the way it is is coming in five releases. I think this is an absolutely essential record. Um, okay, I so think if, if Revelation pressed this today and they made it available for however much the seven-inch costs in 2020, I would say, yes, everyone should buy it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't mean sure. like owning the original. Yeah, sure. I'm this is just like the music. Yeah, this is every every track. Like I said, you could put the seven inch on, and there's no skippers, there's no snoozers. It's it, it was hard for me to decide a hot track on this record because it every song is it's a banger. This is yeah. a banger. Like ask me tomorrow, I might say I might say the sick of it all song, or I might even say as one. Um, I think that. The other songs that I like, I prefer the versions on the LP. So that's why um, they didn't figure into the equation. But yeah, absolutely just essential. Anybody that is listening to this and knows Revelation either already agrees with me that it's essential and agrees with you, or they should go right now and listen to it so that they can see that we are correct. Well, I can't wait to listen to the way it is now. 
with Same. a more critical ear and knowing that there are different versions or whatever because as the fucking collector or nerd that's gonna bother me but um also the the expanded version with the different uh bands on it uh, is gonna be something that's cool to yeah and some bands tackle. get two tracks and mm-hmm. some don't so like but i'm gonna i'm gonna zip yeah, my mouth. zip it up uh we got <laughs> we got like another month before we get to that uh so yeah next week um you know what we've been doing this every wednesday wednesday morning i think it's worked out well middle of the week some midweek shit you know uh i thought maybe if we release it on friday it would be too weird if we release it on Monday. It'd be too much. I think Wednesday is good. So we're going to keep shooting for Wednesday morning, new episode of the podcast every week. We're dedicated. We're determined. We're pumped. And we're ready to go. G-O. Yes. So thanks, everybody, again for listening. And then next week, uh, we will be discussing Revelation number three, which is the Sick of It All 7-inch. Yes. Which, uh, actually, right now they have on the Rev site, there's like, well, the, the gold version's gone, but there's they're celebrating 35 years of Sick of It All. And Insane. there's some cool designs uh, with alternate um, alternate photos from the 7-inch session. Taken Shout by, out to BJ uh, Pappas. BJ Pappas, yeah. yeah. That's cool. my mom. That was my mom's maiden name, Pappas, by Pappas. the way. All right. Well, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks, everybody.